0: Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hello everyone and good morning. If it sounds like I'm whispering nasally and or um, losing my voice, it's because I am. But you know what? Nothing stops the podcast. And uh, this week I'm really excited to bring you some good q and I want to answer as many questions as I can get without losing my voice, um, because it's that time to record these, and it's also the time of allergies. Gosh, I don't know about you and where you all are, but allergies are hitting hard in Middle Tennessee this year, um, in Nashville, and I think it's simply because it's been a weird year. I mean, the weather's been weird everywhere, right, over the past few years, it seems like, um, and I'm, I'm no meteorologist, but, you know, last winter here in Nashville, we literally, about this time of year, it was raining a lot, especially as we got into the winter, um, you know, in December and in January. November, December, I remember last year, there was a lot of rain, okay? Well, this year, we have historically low amounts of rain. So right now, I literally um, mowed the weeds across my yard yesterday, and it was so dusty. It was crazy. Everything was so dry, um, and the, the actual grass hadn't really grown at all, just some weeds. and And so we're hoping to get some rain soon, but gosh... Whew, the allergies, they are unrelenting. I am uh, drinking coffee, drinking tea. Actually, this throat coat tea, uh, I forget who makes it, but you can find it at the grocery store here in America, is amazing for not losing your voice because I, I do talk a lot um, in this world and with what I do here at Learn Stage Lighting, and boy, it's, it's a help. So let's dive in uh, today, guys. Um, I'm super excited to answer your questions. It's always fun to get here and answer questions and um, before I do that actually I, I just want to remind you guys if, if you are new here I've got a little something for you that's right I want to get I want to get you started with lighting and I want you to get you started with the lighting right so how do I do that? well I've got a free guide that I want to get in your hands and it's at learnstagelighting.com/quiz. Now why is it called quiz? because I ask you a couple quick questions and then have you enter your email to get my free guide that is customized to the exact type of lighting that you do. So go check it out at LearnStageLighting.com quiz, and you'll be brought to that right there. Awesome. In lighting news today, I just want to cover something quick, actually, from the latest uh, magazine, PLSN, the latest issue of it. Um, and it's about video, but I think it's kind of cool, um, and it actually ties into lighting in more ways than one. So um, we, we all have heard by now, of course, of 4K video, right? 4K. Woo, I just had a good sneeze, this is going to be a fun podcast, but 4K video, many of you are probably aware that that is simply an HD video signal, 1080p or 1080i, so that's a 1080 by 720, that, no, 1920 by 7, by 1080, of course I'm not a video guy here, so I can say wrong things about video, and then 8K is double that of 4K, okay, so that's eight uh, 1080 images, together and you know i've heard different things over the past few years about 8k one of the first things i heard about it when devices were really starting to hit the market was well you know after 8k you know between 4k and 8k the human eye on certain displays if you've got a display that's high enough definition you can tell the difference between video footage that was shot in 4k and video footage that was shot in 8k but then uh when you move up to 16k um, apparently, they've done this in, in some laboratories. The human eye really can't perceive anything new, okay? The human eye really can't perceive anything better than that 8K. And truth be told, when you look at 4K versus 8K, it's hard to even perceive that. There There is a perceptible difference, but from everything I've heard and what I've seen, it's very vague. And so Panasonic has a new 8K camera system, um, to shoot video with. And you might be saying, okay, David, why does that matter to lighting? Why is that interesting? Well, because I like to cover things here, um, just like this magazine does, that affect us as a whole. Whether we're um, you know, doing lighting, doing video, or just doing live shows of any kind, there's going to be video around, okay? And so this stuff matters. So they call it the 8K ROI for region of interest uh, camera system. I think it's a really ROI for return on investment. But, you know, this follows something that happens in our business from time to time, which is sometimes new products come out and they have a certain acronym, um, such as the Roby BMFL, which does not actually probably stand for bright, multifunctional luminary. Um, And this is no different. But... What's interesting about this is you might say, okay, David, who cares? If, if the difference between 4K and 8K is barely perceptible, why does it matter? Well, what's cool about it is because it's 8 HD images, they've built this camera and a piece of software around it to turn one camera into many cameras. So I, if that sounds interesting to you, I'd, I'd go check out the article. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's from PLSN. It's called the Product Spotlight Panasonic 8K ROI Camera System by Mike Gormley. Um, And it's really interesting because you can take a camera, park it in one place, or I I think it can move on on motors um, from remote, but you can park it in one place, have it have a pretty wide shot, and yet be able, through software and through uh, a video controller, be able to access different virtual cameras, different shots within this shot, to be able to get up close to a bunch of different places without a bunch of different cameras, which then take up seats. You know, they're talking about sports here, um, about basketball, where that would take up more seats. You'd have to have more operators, et cetera, et cetera. This kind of solves that problem. And I think it's interesting. And I think it's a trend that we will continue to see because sure, you know, I don't remember if the article has a price tag in it. I don't think it does, but you know what? These things are going to be expensive. However, in a few years, It's not going to be expensive and it's probably if it catches on, it's going to be something that we're seeing everywhere. So it's something that's worth paying attention to how one camera could be able to, you know, from a single angle, be able to cover multiple parts of a stage. How cool would that be if you had just like two or three cameras set up, you know, maybe they were like center, left and right, pointing at a stage and without even camera operators, just with somebody running the video, maybe an extra person in video world, um, you know, controlling these cameras. You would be able to, live or later, be able to, anytime the guitarist gets a solo, be able to have a camera shot right on that solo. Lead singer as a solo, focus in on that guy. Drummer, whatever, whoever on stage, always being able to focus on a wider shot or come in real close on these other shots. And be able to do it without having to direct somebody to point the camera there and be able to do it without... um, You could even do it later, you know, so you don't even have to get that close-up shot in the moment you can come back and bring that in later. So I think that's super cool. I think it's really interesting. And I think it's probably something that we're going to see more of um, trickling down, not just from the pro world, but it's something people will be doing on their phones, honestly, before too long. And, you know, that's crazy. So our main segment here, guys, is the questions. And this is where people go to learn slash contact, uh, and, uh, just had a brain freeze there, slash contact, learnstagelighting.com slash contact. They fill out the form and that in- enters into my inbox and boy, we have been getting busy with these i'm getting really far behind on these and so if you if you do want to help these uh, come a little closer then go check out patreon patreon.com/learnstage lighting or you can go to learnstage lighting.com/patreon Now, patreon is the word patron but there's an extra e so it's p a t r e o n and when you go there you'll have the ability to select a um, a membership level either $3 a month a supporter $10 a month, I'll send you a sticker and $25 a month um, will put you in the credits of podcast and such. I actually don't have anybody doing that right now. But, you know, every bit helps, honestly. If if everybody who listens to this podcast, you know, and it's it's a few hundred people every episode or, or maybe more now. I haven't looked at the stats for a while because I, I, I don't do this particularly just to obsess over stats. Um, I do this because I know it helps people answer their questions. But, uh, you know, I can get more on board and I could get more, um, current with time if we, uh, if I had some more contribution there on Patreon, because I just don't have time right now to take care of it. And uh, it does cost more if I want to do more podcasts, it's going to cost a little more to host these things. It's going to cost more to make the show notes, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, join us there on learnstagelighting.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Okay, and that is where you will find that it's just, you know, it's a really inexpensive way to just support what we're doing here and to help me make more cool stuff for you. So the questions, Timron says, Hey, David, I'm going to try to get through as many of these as I can, but keep in mind, so you can probably hear my throat is nasty. So I'm a beginner lighting designer. I'm currently using Onyx, and most of the time, I have barely enough time to program a show. I'm really in need of a visualizer to work from home. What do you recommend to use, and where can I get one to download to work with Onyx? Really need your help. All right, Tim Ron. So you're gonna get an answer here and a rant, and I'm sorry, Tim Ron, it's not you, but it also is you, and it's everybody else out there. Okay. So I've been a hobbyist with lighting. Uh, well, I've been a professional with lighting for about ten years now, and before that, I was a hobbyist for three, four years. Okay. So I've been working with lighting uh, for a while, and certainly uh, visualizers have come a long way in that time. When I first started in lighting, there was no visualizer that you could just put on a PC, you know, that you could get off the shelf and run. You had a very specialized computer and it was very expensive. Today, Tim Run, um, you can get Capture. In fact, I have an article called um, So You Want a Lighting Visualizer. Capture starts at around uh, 400 euros and. Um, allows you, you buy it. It's a buy once kind of thing. Um, you can upgrade it through the future and their upgrade costs are really good, really inexpensive. Um, you only have to upgrade once every five years as well too and you can keep keep upgrading so you don't have to upgrade every year. You can skip years to save money. Um, but I digress. Um, so Capture is really great. It's what I use in all my videos and it's a good way to work um, from remote. Now, let's get to the rant portion of this answer. Okay, So when I started... We had, you know, we were starting to get, when I had my first job in this, we had conventional lights, but we had LED lights now, and we had moving lights as well, okay? So pretty much the three things you've got today, Um, conventional lights are kind of dying, we don't see them as much, but the more complex lights, the moving lights and the LEDs we did have. And, sorry about that, and we didn't have visualizers, okay? We did not have that ability. And I think that was both good and bad, okay? Uh, It was good because that means when you wanted to program a show and get stuff ready, pre-program something, you had to figure out how to do it without setting up all the lights, right? Because the point here is that it's impractical to set up all your lights. You might not have space, you might not have access to the lights, uh, and it's a lot of work, right? So how do you pre-program without setting up your lights. Well, visualizer is one way, but I see so often, and I get this question so often, Tim Ron, so it's not just you, but I get this question so often where people say, hey, you know, I need a visualizer. It needs to be free or cheap. And I'm sorry, Charlie, but these things cost a lot to make, okay? And they're worth every penny, but you don't need a visualizer to pre-program, Okay. You just need to think a little bit smarter, especially using a professional console like Onyx. So, when I first started, I know it feels like this is you know a speech about going up, walking up the hill to school in snow both ways. But like I said, we didn't have the option to use a visualizer. In fact, until a couple years ago, I didn't have that option at all. And truth be told, I go into ninety percent of the gigs I do without using a visualizer. I I pre-program some things in the console, but I don't use a visualizer. So how do I do it and still get things pre-programmed to be able to make interesting looks? Well, the first thing is you've already got Onyx. And so that's a huge step forward because you've got the built-in 2D plan, the 2D visualizer per se that's in there. And you've also got presets or palettes built into that console, okay? And you can use these two things together to be very powerful, right? Because if you think about how a professional lighting console works, and maybe, um, Timron, maybe this is something you'd want to join the labs to learn more about and, and understand more deeply, because I show people how to do this kind of stuff there. Then you can build presets of positions, color, intensity levels, etc. that you then build into cues. And if you update those presets later, you will then update every cue that was created for it. So how do, how do we turn this into something that is useful to you? Well, you can do that because you can pre-program without a visualizer. You can decide where you want to lay out cues, where you want to lay out different looks, and what type of different looks you want, all without pre-programming those for real, okay? Like, for colors, go ahead, select all your lights that change color, and make palettes for every color. Guess with the color picker as to what those values are going to be for those colors and then go build a bunch of cues with colors. Okay. When you get to the gig and colors are just an example here, you're going to find that some of the colors on some of the lights aren't exactly what you want. You're going to want to tweak them. Well, if you made 500 cues that all have yellow in them, you don't have to update those cues. You just have to update one palette, one preset as they're called in Onyx and every cue updates. From there, okay. So you don't need a visualizer to do those colors. Same with positions, right? You can take a guess based off the 2D plan, maybe, as to where lights will point. But just go ahead and decide, okay, hey, these are the different positions that I want. Check out my video on YouTube called What Moving Light Position Should I Program uh, for more info on on what I recommend for kind of a typical show. But you probably have an idea going into it as to what positions you want to be able to hit with those lights. So create those presets, okay? You could just select the lights, point them somewhere random, or just, you know, literally just touch the pan and tilt, and don't move them anywhere. Just select them, you know, load them into, into Onyx, into the programmer, and record those as presets, name them, so you know what they need to look like in the real world, and then you can start to build those into different cues for your show, okay? When you get on site, all you've got to do is select your lights, Fire that preset, update the preset, and then all the cues are updated from there. This works with Gobos too. A lot of Gobos will show you in Onyx what that Gobo kind of looks like, but just build some presets Gobo 1, Gobo 2, Gobo 3, Gobo 4. And if you need to change them once you get to the gig, you can do that via the presets. So, you know, this is kind of my rant, and it's been coming for a long while. This has been boiling up inside me because I get so many people who just come forward and say, David, I need a visualizer. I must have this visualizer, you know, or else I can't pre-program things. And that is simply not true. That's not true at all. And in fact, you're holding yourself back because if you take a little bit of time and sit down instead of saying you need a visualizer and creatively start to think about, okay, how can I pre-program, you know, 80, 90% of what I need into cues, and then just have to go on site, update a couple quick things, and we'll be like 90% of the way there. Because when you do this, it allows you to really be able to speed up your program, but you don't need that visualizer. For example, this is f- perfect and fresh in my mind. I did a show this past week, okay? It was a corporate event um, selling lawnmowers. I was a lawnmower manufacturer at the Opera Land Hotel this week. And um, there was a band that came in, and the band's lighting designer, as it was told to me, was going to have his own console and, and run run a show. Okay, fine that's great i'll, I'll give it i'll give that guy my patch sheet let him patch my stuff in and control it all day long okay but they showed up they had been really busy um because they had to go cover some shows for another artist um because of a unfortunate situation um that uh, had happened recently and and they decided you know what this stage doesn't have enough room on it uh we don't have time we're just not gonna set up our lights we'll just run it off your lighting console and I didn't really have anything pre-programmed that was good for music. I just had some basic corporate looks and stuff like that. But you know what? I was ready about 10 minutes later. Because I had built into my console, and I, I do this in every show that I create, a, a page that had a bunch of color combinations and, and positions on it. And all I had to do was go ahead, clone in my lights to those new color combinations, something that you can do in Onyx. And once I did that, I now had like 80 different cues, literally, no more than that, that this guy could run his show with. And I made those, I generated those in about 10 minutes on site. Everything else was done off site. I'm actually a few years ago in this file that I start all my shows with. So, and I didn't build that file with a visualizer. So I'm not being hard on you, Timra. Okay, understand that this is not you this is the fact that I hear everywhere, um, and I constantly hear and get questions about visualizers, and everybody wanting one for free, or everybody, um, you know, is saying they need it, and I just don't think that's the case, okay, all the time. There are some times where it makes sense to have a visualizer, sure, if I'm, you know, sometimes I'm loading in a big rig, and I really need to program it perfectly ahead of time, then that's what I need to do. But the point is, um, my point is that either if your client's demanding, you have this perfectly programmed, you know, well-executed show that you don't have to touch up at all on site, you know, that's not going to happen. But if they want it to happen, either they need to help foot the bill for the pre-visualization time and cost of the visualizer, or they need to give you an extra few hours or half day or day on site with the gear to be able to program, okay? Um, And it's not crazy to ask for. So, anywho, hope that helps, Timron. I'm sorry to lay that all on you, but it's not just you. It's that I've been getting this question a lot, and I just don't think that the answer is that you need a visualizer. The answer is that there are a lot of ways, and I talk about this in the labs extensively inside of my action plan, Puntastical. A lot of times, you can program a lot of the monotonous stuff that's in your show file, all without any visualization at all and then just get on site update everything quick and you're ready to roll okay and that works for a lot of different types of shows not just music not just corporate shows you know not just theater dj all, all kinds of shows it works for all right ben says hello i have the two universe version of Pro, and i've noticed that there does not appear to be a moving head presets like in grand MA, where you can select a pan tilt preset to add to your show i was wondering if there's an option for pan tilt presets in Pro. Um, rather than just having the moving headset to a specific location for each scene to add more interesting dynamics to a show. There is been, okay? So the difference between a console like MA and something like D-Pro is that it's a little harder to grab presets on the fly, especially with smooth timing. But D-Pro totally does have presets. Um, you can create them into the library on the side. I'm actually just going to f- f- bring open D-Pro real quick and just walk through it. So you select your lights, you open up the programmer. Yeah, they're called palettes in DPro. You go ahead and uh, give those lights once they're select- once you've opened the programmer and selected them, you give them some values. Go ahead, press save as palette at the top. You can save it as a palette, put it in a folder, which I highly recommend because i like on a console like MA, they're not sorted by default, and then you can bring those palettes into new cues um, as needed. Okay. And so, d is not really built to program on the fly. Um, it's not built to run a show out of the presets like you could on an MA, where you could literally select any number of fixtures and apply only those fixtures to a preset with timing live. Um, it's not a professional-grade console. It's an intermediate console. But that doesn't mean you can't build those palettes or presets in D-Pro and build and then assign each preset to multiple cues you and different selections of lights. You totally can't. right. Um, but running things live in D-Pro is going to be different than running things live in M.A. It just is. Uh, as you can see, you know, what you've paid for D-Pro, maybe you bought d and added a MIDI controller or some kind of control surface. You're in it for well under $1,000. But a similar setup in M.A., would be um, over $6,000. And so there's going to be a difference how you run things. You know, it's it's not going to be as fluid, but it's also a lot quicker to learn and to work with um, if you're a beginner with lighting. Matt says, Hey David, a long time listener. I just wanted to get started using LightKey, but I cannot imagine doing it without a 3D visualizer. So I'm thinking about using either MagicViz or dropping some cash on Capture. I can get MagicViz working on the same Mac as LightKey using a loopback device for ArtNet, But for some reason, I cannot capture running on the same Mac to recognize like he's our net output. Any ideas? Thanks. All right, Matt. So um, do listen to the first question I answered on this podcast where I definitely go into a rant about why you don't need a visualizer to work. Um, And that comes from me sounding like an old crotchety lighting designer. But the truth is, we haven't always had the ability to visualize and to use visualizers for every show. And I don't think it's a need. I think it's helpful. But you can definitely pre program a ton without a visualizer and touch a few things up on site. And LightKey has a lot of the same workflow as Onyx, as I answered in that first question. But here's how I hadn't done it either because I'm primarily a PC person. So I launched, I uh, installed my LightKey license on my Mac, or my, not my Key license, my capture license. LightKey was already on the Mac. And I went and tested this. And what I found was it's a lot like on the PC. Um, I think it's easiest. Just to connect the Mac to a network, I it even worked on Wi-Fi for me. Though I went wired um, just for kicks because I like wired networks. And I literally just uh, launched Lightkey, sent it to the network. Okay, I didn't I didn't try to configure the loopback device because if you're just on a network, I just sent it on that network. You know, just even if you just have a twenty dollar you know wireless router, just set that up, plug the Mac into it, um, so it has DHCP server and 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 then you can literally just send the ArtNet to that network and then, um, on capture set it to receive that network. I don't think I even had to configure anything capture and it did work for me. Um, and I think I'm running the latest Mac OS. Um, though I think the Catalina just came out. So I'm not on that, but I'm on whatever was before that, um, Mavericks. I don't know. I, again, I used to be such a Mac user. I'm not anymore. You, you people hear me talk about that here. Um, but I think max Apple's best days are, are behind them. Unfortunately, um, they, I think they, they passed away with Steve Jobs, their, their best days. But that doesn't mean you can't get this to work. So next we've got Miranda. And she writes, hello, I just want to learn how to do stage lighting. All right, Amanda, Ma- Miranda, I'm so sorry. You have come to the right place, especially if you're just getting started with learning stage lighting. Um, this is what we're all about is is teaching stage lighting. Uh, from the be- From the beginning, from the very most basic level to people who haven't done anything like lighting before. Um, that's a lot of the people who I talk to are just like yourself. Excuse me. So, how do you learn? Well, first thing I would do is go to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. Go get your free guide. Then, the, the next big thing um, for anybody out there who's trying to learn this stuff. Um, actually, Gadwell, right after her, has basically the same question um, for outdoor events. Is, okay, what are you desiring to light? And what tools do you have available to you? Okay. Are there specific consoles that you have access to? Lighting consoles? These are controllers for the lighting. Uh, Are you starting from scratch and you're going to buy some stuff or rent some stuff and you need to figure out what you need to figure out? Um, I'm going to need a little more info. Basically, um, I'm glad to help people like you. Glad to help folks. Um, I help folks all the time who are brand new to lighting. But We get to narrow it down a little bit first, because the world of stage lighting and and all the things that I teach is very vast, very vast. There's a lot of different directions that you can go, depending on exactly what you want your particular show or service to look like, and depending on what you have access to and what kind of result you want to get, how complex you want to be able to control things, how many things you want to be able to control and uh, what that outcome is going to be so um with a little more info and a little digging on learn stage lighting i think you'll be able to find yourself a little bit better direction but of course you can always write back here and i'll answer it on a future show uh quicker answers as you all probably know are found at learn stage lighting labs where myself other lighting experts and hobbyists have um our our private forums where we can answer your questions and direct you to in-depth step-by-step tutorials called our action plans that are full video courses um, that are ready for you to uh, ready to teach you rather how to begin with lighting and create really great lighting that will blow people away compared to what they're used to um, especially if you are just beginning natalie wrote "Um, i'm new to stage lighting only done it with an analog dmx board and currently looking to switch to a digital system one that has been recommended to me is the n DMXs DMX as an all-in-one easy to use system. A video review that I watched mentioned that if it's being run on a Mac, um, that whenever Apple has a software update, it disables the DMX software and you have to run the n software again to enable DMX. Have you heard of this problem before? And if so, do you know if the n software they're talking about is the original software that comes with the DMX system or something I would have to download from N-Tech.com? Um, so Natalie... Um, and you might be a labs member now. Um, I admit I've had questions, but I'm going to answer this anyways for anybody else out there. Um, the various drivers and things breaking with Macs is not something that's unique to Ntech. Unfortunately, that's more of a Mac problem. Uh, that's something that Apple's done various times in the past, where they release new software and it breaks a bunch of um, you know pro audio, video, and lighting uh, tools, and it stinks. So the biggest thing I mentioned is. Hey, whenever Apple releases a major software update, do not update your Mac until you've seen from all of your vendors, um, from, in your case, DMXs, from Ntech, until you've seen a notice that it's safe to do so, that they've tested it, everything's good, and you're good to go, okay? That, if you wait for that, that's going to solve, like, 99% of these issues, okay? Now, if you do have an issue... Uh, and something breaks with the software update, then yeah, just go to N-tech.com. Um Don't use the CD that came with DMXs. I think they still ship CDs and those things. And you'll be able to get the latest version. It'll be a free upgrade because with DMXs, um, the software is unlocked by the physical box that you hold, and that allows the output. So you can always download that software totally free from com. Um, and also DMXs.com is um, a site run by the, the person who actually writes the code. But um, either way... It shouldn't be more as long as you don't upgrade the second that Apple releases that update. There should be a plan in place, whether it's from Intech or from the developer that says, hey, you need to download and run this software real quick. It'll take five minutes. Or they might say, hey, don't upgrade yet, in which case um, you really want to obey that because you'll have problems if you don't. Ron asks, question out of common eye. Um, Oh yeah, this was in the comments on Lauren Stage Lighting, and um, I admit, I get to these slower, so LaurenStageLighting.com slash contact is usually the best place to go. But I was at an outdoor show the other weekend when watching the stage, the backlights were purple, but watching on the big screens on either side of the stage, this light was now electric blue in color. Do you know what caused this change in color on the large screens? Well, there could be a couple things going on, Ron. So there's a couple of various things that can cause this and that I've seen cause this many, many times. Um... the most simple, especially with reds, um, when there's red within the color, and I believe canon cameras um don't quote me on that, is that some cameras are incredibly bad at perceiving red correctly, and so if all the other colors looked right, but the purple was off, then they're probably just at this specific place using a camera that has terrible reds, and you know this happens from time to time and it just doesn't display that red well. Now there could be other things going on. Okay, um, every camera—the thing here's how camera and human cameras and human eyes are different. Okay, when human eyes look at a color, especially when we're talking about in contrast to a white somewhere, our our eyes are constantly shifting, constantly adjusting for the current white in the room, whether that white has a color temperature that's kind of orangish and it's an orangish white or whether it's more of a bluish and purplish white and our eyes as we sit in a space automatically pretty quickly adjust to that new color and just shift all the colors to match that white okay we can perceive yeah that you know some things like incandescent lights are a little more orange and some things like um, a high color temperature like a fluorescent light or a led that has a high color temperature Ah, uh, look a lot bluer. But as we sit under these light sources for a while, our eyes automatically adjust our brain's shift, and we don't see those weird color shifts anymore. The camera is much different. The camera doesn't have our brains, okay? And so that means that if when you're on a stage, there's a lot of different white points sometimes, especially if it hasn't been if the show hasn't been well coordinated, And whoever's in charge of the cameras, not the camera operator usually, but the person who's doing the uh, shading backstage, as it's called, has to decide where the white point is going to be, what the camera is going to base white off of. And generally, this is going to be the front light hitting the band members, okay? But if there's spotlights in action, the front light that's hitting most of the band and the spotlight on the lead singer may have a different white point, okay? So now, the the person shading the cameras has to decide, okay, do I optimize for the follow spotlight, which is probably what they're going to do, because that's going to be on the lead singer. And in that case, that may make the rest of the band's colors look a little off. May They probably will look a little bit more orange than they do in real life, okay? Uh, and as they go through a show, this may change too, depending on what the lighting designer does. Then the third aspect is, okay... In the background of the show, besides the lights, are there video screens that are visible in the camera shot, okay? Is there like an LED screen behind the band or a projection or something like that? LED screens have become immensely popular. And these have a very high color temperature, okay? And so the conundrum then comes in where perhaps the lighting person is using incandescent front lights... And so the camera white balances to that so the people don't look orange. But then they may use LED backlights, which are going to now look um, extra blue, okay, and and not as red because they've adjusted the color balance accordingly. And then there might be an LED screen behind them that's even more blue than the LEDs, the LED backlights themselves. And if they balance to that, which you want to do because if you have an image on that screen, that's shot with the camera and then displayed on other screens, you get what I call double white balance, where um, where to the eye, the difference between the, the white in the front light and the LED screen is a little bit. But then when you, again, place that on another screen through a camera, it doubles the amount that that white balance is off um, through the video processing. It's a bit complex to wrap your head around, but just trust me on that. And so, The answer, Ron, is there's no easy answer to it. Um, It's either that they were cameras that weren't dealing with the red well, um, especially with the way LEDs make colors. Some older cameras just really have trouble um, interpreting that correctly. Or, the same way our eyes do, rather, or the issue is more of a white balance thing because there can be many white points on a stage and you have to choose one with a camera. You can't choose multiple like our eyes can um, and always be switching. So Jeremy said, um, hi there. So that should answer that for you, Ron. Hi there. Just got my hands on a rather analog uh, Chauvet Obey 40. I'm working on a theater project for youth with special needs. Um, and um, cut to the chase here. He can't find any information on how to program fade time into scenes so the young crew member can just press the scene buttons and change the ambience. I hope I haven't gotten the wrong type of product. Please help. Um, unfortunately, Jeremy, you have. That's something that the Obey series, uh, the 40, the 70, whatever, they can't do that. It stinks. It's really poor design. I hate it. And it's why I don't recommend them to people um, for a lot of uses. And it's just frustrating. So what's going to be best for you, Jeremy, is to go with something that's PC based. I work with Onyx a lot, which is a professional grade console, but you can get started with it for free. Um, with just a DMX output device, and uh, that's often the least expensive for people. There's some free software out there as well. It's not as good or as easy to use as something like Onyx, but, um, you know, you can certainly do your research and find some stuff like that. But unfortunately, on the lower end of cost, um, pretty much all those hardware-based controllers that are non-PC, they're all pretty terrible, okay? And because PCs have become good, and all the software on them has become so good that the manufacturers just have not poured any effort into those hardware-based ones, and it kind of stinks for people like you. So, Tim wrote in, said, I have a four-bar uh, stage lighting tree. Recently stopped working, and all I hear is a clicking noise. What might be the issue? Uh, Tim, this sounds like a power supply issue. Um, either if you have someone who's good at component repair on electronics, like down on the circuit board, you can bring it to them. If not, unfortunately, you're going to have to, you know, contact your manufacturer if it's in warranty, or if it's not, you might just have to get rid of it and buy a new one. It stinks, but that's the answer. Parul asks, "I do theater for kids of my community in my garage. I've converted half my garage into a stage. The curtain rods hold my backdrops, and the seating for the audience is in my driveway. How do I light up my stage?" Thanks, Parul. Um, so Parul, I would just go ahead for the beginning. And I would get yourself Entex DMXs. Very simple software works great for theater. Actually, yeah, Jeremy above that would that DMXs is a good one as well. It's only about three hundred bucks, um, and it's worth every penny. And then I would get yourself a couple DMX lights. Okay, you know maybe just some LED pars that have white or maybe a four bar setup like that's talked about. Just some basic lights that you can put out in front of the stage. And then you can wash the stage in white or in a couple different colors, and that's going to be a great way to get started. Um, from there, if you want to get even fancier, I would then get some more LED, some maybe something with a wide angle, a wide angle rather, uh, and use those to light up your backdrop. And uh, you know, start with the basics, keep it simple because um, this is a basic you know community theater um for free kind of show. All right, Tim wrote in. We're getting to the bottom of the questions here, which is good because I'm losing my voice. Hi, David. I'm using Onyx and I love it, but I'm trying to use the Touch OSC app for it. It works fine, but I want to create my own custom layouts. Um, the problem is they don't have a list of commands for Onyx. I can use the OSC editor and create the layout, but I can't seem to map them to the Onyx control. Um, but I need a list of commands, can't find it anywhere online. I've contacted them, etc. Okay, so I've got a link for you, Tim, and anybody else looking for this off of the forum. Um, the OSC commands have not changed since the Martin days. And, uh, in this particular, uh, forum thread, uh, somebody came in, somebody who actually worked for Martin, um, I don't think who works on the team anymore, um, copied and pasted the OSC documentation so you can see how to get to all the different things inside of here. Um, what else I was looking for, what I couldn't find, was somebody else had posted a PDF that had, um, a little more documentation built into it, um, and it was a little nicer looking, but, um... I couldn't find it. So this this documentation will get you pretty far. Um, And uh, thanks for writing in, Tim. All right, before my voice goes, let's talk about Peter's question. He says, I find your video tutorials very good, but I have a problem with CamSys magic cues and multi-element heads. Um, I have this uh, particular 5 RGB light uh, multi-element head or um, multi-part fixture, as they're called in other consoles, patched in 15-channel mode. So it's 5 red, 5 green, 5 blue, When I use group control, I can control all of them five at the same time, or I can place an effects on them, but I don't have control over what it does. All right. So what you need to do, Peter, is you need to look, and I I got a link to a video from somebody on YouTube. Um, Again, I'm not a camsys expert. I've used it. Um, I'm not amazing with it. I haven't spent the time to really become good at it. But this YouTube video shows you how to get control of the sub fixtures. Basically, in any modern console, you can control the fixtures as a whole, or you can break it down and control the fixtures that make up that. And how to get to those can be a little bit unique. So in this video, it kind of shows you how to do that. Um, I think it seems like it shows you pretty well, and that should help you out well. Um, In this case, though, I mean, it's a 15-channel mode that has five red, five green, and five blue. So if for any reason you weren't able to get the multi-element head part working, you could just patch it as a generic RGB fixture, just a three-channel, and patch that five times, and you would have this 15-channel fixture, and it would work, and it would look like five fixtures to you inside of the desk. So that's another way around it as well. All right, guys. woo! I'm about out of breath and about out of voice. So I'm going to talk quietly, but thank you for listening today. Thank you for enjoying the show. If you do want to see questions answered faster and or uh, see more from this podcast, Check out LearnStageLighting.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Link in the show notes. Of course, this is the way that you can help to make this podcast grow. If Again, if everybody who listened literally chipped in on the lowest tier at $3 a month, um, I would be able to do two more podcasts a month. No problem. I would be able to bring up more guests. I'd be able to hire an editor, which would help um, with my time. Because again, I only have so much time to get this stuff done. And unfortunately, I run out often. So be sure to check that out. Show notes will be at learnstagelighting.com slash 08181 already. Goodness. And I will see you guys next week. Thanks.